Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a couple of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like bacon, steaks, and cheese. It's Philadelphia, Boeing shielding the cut, kicking it cooler than two penguins. Still Bo's old arch nemesis, Greg Cosell shows up and it gets real. Pull up a branch and chill, it's time to get ill with some Birds with Friends. The early bird skips the worm and prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo will for you come Coming at you with stats and things, flapping their wings. You can't live up to expectations, so just do your best. (laughs) That's what I tell myself in most life endeavors. (laughs) Just go with what you saw today. Change your opinion daily. Yeah, I'm all about that. You'll be wrong often, but then you can just point back to when you were right. No one will remember. No one's listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome. To Birds with Friends, as if we never left. Bo Wolf in my basement. Sheil Kapadia in his. Sheil, how are you? It's been a while. I think we need to get, I was thinking recently, we need to get back to you. I like when you open and you lay out what we're going to do for the whole show. Here's what we're going to do today. We are going to, in the search for some kind of content about the Eagles in this dead zone, to create something to talk about, we are going to compare this roster to the Super Bowl roster from two years ago, position by position, ranking in order uh, of our confidence that one group position group will be better this year than it was to the Super Bowl championship counterpart in a game that we will call Thrush to Judgment. And then we're going to answer your questions. And uh, that'll probably about do it. But first, I feel like we should, uh, you know, I know you're a, a man who keeps his ear to the grindstone of the NBA rumor mill. What did you make of the past uh, 24 hours? I've got that in the last segment. You got that in the last segment. Yeah, I think last segment we talk about uh, I'm going to do the big toilet reveal. <laughs> okay. We talk. I completely I we forgot talk. about the big toilet reveal. Big toilet reveal. The people we'll came through. Sixers. The people came through. They they did. So I have to reveal it. I I think people may be disappointed. Yeah, but we'll I feel do like that. this is uh, going to be about as uh, big of a disappointment as possible. <laughs> but it's exciting. Well, that's what I strive for. Yep. Uh, then we'll do some some Sixers chat. And uh, you know, I think I have a couple things from vacation to get off my I chest. I hope that so you've, I you've got some things to get off your chest. It's been too long. I know that there have been yeah. things that have been piling up. Listen, we we've, we've gotten some comments on you know mostly. Good comments on Apple Podcasts, but there have been some saying uh, you guys do too much non-Eagles talk. And so I think uh, we lay it out this way and, you know, we'll announce when we are done with Eagles talk. And for those of you who don't like it, you know, you can go uh, do something else. And the rest of you, the the normal people. I don't like I don't want to pacify the people who don't enjoy the full birds with friends experience. I want them to have to be on the edge of their seat. Is this going to be an Eagles segment? Is this going to be? A serial segment, you know? Well, uh, I'm sure we're going to sprinkle it in throughout, but just, you know, uh, I think a little bit of structure is good, I was thinking. I think that's probably right. Okay. Okay. Well, then let's start with with Thrush to Judgment. As I said, uh, nothing going on with the Eagles right now except for uh, Jake Elliott is engaged, (laughs) and I think that's about it. Am I right? I think that's right. Okay. Well, Well, with that in mind... We will compare the uh, the position groups on this year's team, a team that I think we both think has a Super Bowl caliber roster. I am on the record as saying uh, if I were to put some late sugar on any team to win the Super Bowl this year, the Eagles would probably be my, my second choice. You're on the record with that? 
I think I, I think I went on the record I've with never that. heard with you a, say with that. With a mailbag. Uh, yeah, I Wait, think a mailbag a couple, couple weeks ago. Who's your first choice? Well, you have to take the Patriots just because they're the only team that gets to play the Dolphins, Bills, and Jets six times. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, I'll say two things. One is I'm going through my uh, annual summer ritual of creating a spreadsheet with all the teams. I'm very excited. I like when we get to it closer towards training camp. We can do the Around the Horn Bills, one of my favorite parts of the year. Yeah, I, the only division I have not done so far is the AFC West. And, uh, you know, I don't know. There's a chance I may, I may be predicting in, the, in a Super Bowl of Dougie P versus the FFRs. I don't know. Wow. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, Maybe. baby. I like, uh, you know, my notes on my, uh, my spreadsheet for those two teams are, are very optimistic and positive. So, yes, we will get to that eventually. But uh, I think this was a good exercise. You know, I spent about mm, like a half an hour, which is way more than I wow, usually spend in terms of Wow, that is more than I spent. That's fantastic. For the show, I think, since we hadn't done a show in a while, and going through the positions and comparing them to the Super Bowl roster, because I do feel like you and I have been gassing up this Eagles team quite a bit. And, and they are – Vegas does not uh, – you know, place them at that level. I think they're about the seventh favorite. Boy, nine and a half wins is the over under. And uh, uh, there are some I, of these some of these teams I just do not get. Like yeah. to 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 give the Bears better odds than the Eagles is is completely beyond yeah. my my yeah. uh, realm of understanding. I felt like this exercise brought them back to down to earth a little bit. In my view, we'll see what you think. But uh, yeah, no, I thought it was actually a useful exercise. And I think this will be a good discussion as sort of a comparison of the state of the roster to what was a Super Bowl roster. Now, did you you didn't break up the offensive line, did you? I didn't know. What are you crazy? And then the More de- work? Nor the defensive line, right? You kept Give it all together. No. And, but yeah. you did separate corners and safeties. I did. OK, so we got nine positions. Now, uh, what, what we did is we're going are ranking from one to nine in confidence level that this year's version of that position group will be better than the 2017-2018 version. Should we start at the top or at the bottom? Uh, You tell me. You're the podcast veteran doing like eight, eight episodes a week, so I don't know. I'm just, you know. I'm just here for the ride. Okay. Let's start at the... (laughs) Let's start at the top. Okay. Uh, For me... The position group that I think, water gun to my head, I can say with the most confidence will be better this year than it was two years ago, is the wide receivers. Alshon Jeffrey. I had the same choice. You have the same choice. All right. Alshon Jeffrey, uh, two years older, maybe, maybe not quite as good, but everywhere else much better. Deshaun Jackson, obviously a big upgrade over Torrey Smith. Nelson Aguilar, maybe he will not be as good as he was two years ago when he was one of the best slot receivers in the league, but the depth beyond those guys uh, certainly far superior than it was when you had uh, you know, Marcus Johnson and uh, Shelton Gibson taking snaps. Yeah, let's not forget that during that Super Bowl year, certainly Alshon Jeffrey was good in the postseason, had some good moments during the regular season, but it was a storyline, I feel like, for much of the year how he and Carson Wentz weren't exactly uh, an efficient combination or on the same page. He had a catch percentage a of point. 47.5%, which is terrible. I mean, really terrible. No, I know that's right. And so, and so you would expect that to take a leap. I don't, you know, I don't think he's a different player from a physical standpoint than he was uh, that year. So he I may think look better expect- now. Remember how, how much he, he ran like an old man two years ago? 
I would agree. Yeah. So I think you can expect him to be better. Um, you know, maybe we have been hyping up Deshaun Jackson too much. I don't know. We've we're just giving, telling. We've been pumping the gas. Yeah. We, we tell you what we're seeing with our eyes. I, I don't think anyone would argue against the fact that he's a better deep threat than Torrey Smith was that season. So, you know, even if you're getting 12 games of Deshaun Jackson and right. he's not quite as good as we expect him to be, I still think that's a definite upgrade. Uh, you mentioned the Aguilar thing. Yeah, maybe he won't be as good, but I think in terms of depth with our Sega white side um, and, you know, Mac, I don't know. Matt Collins was a tough one. Like that's I, true. I have no idea what to expect. He wasn't, it's not like he was a big factor that year. He had some nice moments, but uh, he finished that season with what was it, 226 yards. So, um, you know, he wasn't a huge factor uh, for them. So, yeah, I feel pretty good that even with an injury to this group, that it's still going to be a better performing group than the one we saw during the Super Bowl. Well, it's a push and pull. You know, you get the explosive possibility of big plays with Deshaun Jackson, but you give away the six yard outs that you got with Torrey Smith. Mm, true. So, we'll see. Although, it- you know, it was interesting in that Dan Pompey interview. I don't know how many people saw this on the athletic dot com slash Philly, which you should, of course, subscribe if you don't. You know what? It's the summer. It's I'm on vacation. I'm not even going to break you right now. I'll save that uh, for when I come back from vacation. But in that interview, did you think it was interesting that Doug Peterson said, like, we got to get back to the RPO game a little bit more? I did think that was interesting. Yeah, that was a there, nice were, there were a bunch of little interesting small nuggets in there. I agree that that there were like a bunch of little things that seem like topics worth exploring for bigger articles. Uh, that's probably fair. Including that one. Yeah. So that's a good one. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, your turn. What was your number two? My number two. Uh, so I'll say I, I had this down to two different positions. And I agree. I had, a, I had a top three. Me too. Then there was a huge drop. Oh, right totally agree. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so number two, I have the tight ends. Mm. You have Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, and Richard Rodgers against Zach Ertz, Brent Selleck, and Trey Burton. I think Goddard is uh, certainly better than Selleck or Burton and has a chance to have a very nice year. Uh, you know, the third tight end, Richard Rodgers, you're not getting much. But, you know, I think we probably – overrate what we what they were getting from that group in uh, 2017 brent selick was a good blocker but you know i infamously was uh, very critical of him of his play that year where you know i actually i should get credit i mean i basically said he, he needs to retire didn't i i believe he did yeah so uh, you, you know listen he had the tangibles and leadership and all that and was a good blocker but was not giving you anything in the passing game Trey Burton's contributions were probably slightly overrated. He had five touchdowns, but uh, he was not a huge. And you he know, had he that had, one good game when Ertz did not play. Right. 248 receiving yards. It's not like he was lighting it up. So he had 248 that year. Brent Selleck had 130. That's a combo of what? 378. I mean, you know, you, you would think that Dallas Goddard would certainly uh, be able to best that. And so I think uh, uh, I think I feel pretty good that their tight ends are going to contribute more this year than they did that year. Well, Shea, let me tell you what my number two was. Also, real quick. Yes. Uh, Goddard is a better blocker than, you know, I know we don't care that much about blocking, but uh, way better blocker, I think, than um, those, any of those guys that year. I would say that he is a more demonstrative blocker than Selleck. I think Selleck was more of like, you know, you could trust him to uh, 
assignment sound. Like he was assignment sound. That's that's yeah. what I was Football looking for. Football guy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but it's uh, you know, if if there if that's an even, you know, obviously Goddard brings uh, a million times more uh, dynamism in the uh, in the receiving game. My number two shield was also the tight ends. Oh, and you I threw me for a loop there. I, I thought you didn't go with tight ends. I too uh, had, was between two positions, and I went with the tight ends for all the reasons that you said. So I will give you the other team that I was, or the other position I was considering. Number three for me is the running backs. Oh, really? That is not what it was. Oh, for me. interesting. Okay. Now this yeah. is a this is an, an interesting one because the running backs for all the uh, preseason. Uh, hemming and hawing about the Eagles running backs that year. Of course, they performed very well. Now, you can say, I would argue that uh, that was probably more of a result of the offensive line than it was the running backs themselves. But uh, Ajayi, Clement, and LeGarrette Blunt uh, obviously obviously did the job. What was good about that group was that it did seem like they all had roles when uh, Darren Sproles went down. And they, for once, Deuce Staley did a good job. Um, rotating those guys it seemed at the right time but there's there should be much more firepower this year especially with miles sanders um and then you know jordan howard is probably you would hope a uh a slightly richer man's legarrett blunt and jay ajayi um maybe that's maybe that's unfair i don't think so yeah well, as i, as look, I, I mean, say it as i say it i realize that i don't believe it it's really more a a, a vote of confidence for miles sanders I would say the reason why I think that's a good choice for you, and by the way, I had them fourth. It wasn't like I had them way down the list. I had the running backs fourth. Uh, The Eagles were 15th in rushing DVOA. And as I – That's – right, go ahead. So that's not – you know, you have – it's not like they were outstanding and you have this high bar to clear. And so that's why I think it's a pretty good choice. You know, could you see them being – 10th, 11th, 12th. I mean, I think they're going to be around the same, I would say, probably between 10 and 15. Uh, in terms of personnel, you know, uh, I was very down on Garrett Blunt going into that year, but he averaged 4.4 yards yeah. per carry. Yeah. Seven. Do I, I didn't realize this. He only had two rushing touchdowns in the regular season. Yes. That's surprising to me. I think we talked about at the time that there was the there was the myth that he was a, a great uh, short yardage runner when in, when in reality he was not necessarily uh, that good at it. So seven hundred sixty six yards and four point four yards per carry. Very good. You, you would sign up for that from Jordan Howard in a second. Yeah, you're right. The, right? the second that I was talking about Jordan Howard being a a rich man's Legarrette Blunt, uh, the 2017 version, I realized that I did not believe it. Uh, but so Jordan I, Howard was one of the uh, oddly uh, one of the people that Doug Peterson mentioned as a uh, emerging locker room leader in the Dan Pompey piece. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> that was weird. I thought. I, I think he was throwing him a bone because uh, Dan is from Chicago and probably covered Jordan Howard. You and think that's what that was? Maybe he asked about Jordan Howard in like the previous question. Oh uh, yeah, you can you can lead Doug a little bit that way. I don't know. That seems strange. I mean, I, I don't know. How, I, I feel like Howard seems like I mean, a, and even when Jay Ajayi was, was on the Eagles in 2017, he ran for 5.8 yards a carry. Yeah, he was good. Yeah. I'm already I think, regretting this. Well, I, no, again, I don't think it's a I bad like, choice. I just think that I think there's a little bit more juice with Miles Sanders, and I would, again, make the argument that the success that they had on the, these running backs out of the ground two years ago was more about the offensive line than it was about the running backs. Another thing that I think is sort of interesting is is the Corey Clement factor. Like it, mm. 
you know, it just feels like I don't have a high level of confidence that he's going to be as good this year as he was that year. I agree. Which is sort of disappointing. Like, if he can be, that's a big boost. Uh, but it, it certainly is a question mark. You know, I'm questioning. But don't forget my- that that team did not have Boston Scott. Correct. Yeah. So, I mean, the full package here is Howard, Sanders, Clement, Smallwood, Scott versus, like, Blunt, Ajay, Clement, basically. Correct. So, I think it's, you know, I think it's probably pretty even. Yeah, Sanders is the wild card who gives you some upside, some juice. But maybe because he didn't participate in the spring, which ultimately may be meaningless. But maybe that's why I am not uh, am not hyping him up right now much, just because we haven't really seen him in action. That's fair. I'm I don't already, like. My... I'm, I'm already regretting my ranking here, and I think you're going to have a better ranking. No, I don't like mine. Now that I'm looking <laughs> at mine, one, <laughs> once you said running back, I looked at mine and I go, eh, yeah, I don't know that it's going to be better. But what I chose was cornerback. And that is my number four. Okay, so that year you had Jalen Mills, Ronald Darby, Patrick Robinson, Rasul Douglas as the top four. Of course, Rasul Douglas had to start some games uh, because of other injuries. Patrick Robinson was outstanding. That yeah, I'm, I'm not putting enough respect on Patrick Robinson's name. With Patrick this Robinson was the, was arguably the best nickel corner in the league. Yeah, so so this is I'm probably not respecting him enough with this. Now you have you know it's. Some similarities. Yeah, it took Mills, me a while Dar- to remember what they did uh, when uh, Darby was injured in the beginning of the year. Like who played where? I, you know, they, I guess they, they moved Robinson outside, and then when it was when it was uh, three wide receiver sets, they brought in Rasul Douglas. I had totally forgotten that package. But then weren't there also some? Uh, wasn't there some Jalen? There was some Jalen Watkins. There was Jalen Watkins in, right? was in the mix as well. Yeah. You know, a little a little reporter thing here. I don't know if people would find this interesting, but it's I'm sure good I will. to Yeah, you will. <laughs> uh, it's always good when you cover a team to find sort of the backups who will talk about these broad topics, you know, if you're wondering about like I think I did a story when we first started about like what are Doug Peterson's rules for players? And uh, so you always want to find like the backups with the special teams guys who don't get a lot of attention. And I, Jalen Watkins, I found to always uh, be very, help, Watkins, very helpful. Delightful. Delightful. Delightful guy to talk to. Yeah. So I'm looking this up here for the, uh, oh, that's the wrong thing I'm looking at anyway. Uh, so yeah, I don't know how I feel about this. I feel like I think deep. they are certainly deeper. Yeah. I'm not so sure that they will, that they will play as well. Well, Rasul Douglas is a better player now than he was then. I think that we can say with confidence. I know that's right. Mills and Darby kind of feel like the same guys, most likely. Could be. They could both be worse. They're coming off, both coming off injuries. They could be. Uh, Maddox, who we like, to ask him to play at Patrick Robinson's level is probably a stretch. Yes. Yeah, so this was a terrible pick. <laughs> and, and, and is Sidney Jones anything? <laughs> I mean, I've basically been crushing Sidney Jones all <laughs> offseason, so I can't really hang my hat on that one. I think you're right, though, that, that as we go through this exercise, it is pouring a little bit of water. Yes. Because really at 3-4 already, we are, we are already talking ourselves out of believing that they're going to be better. Cravon LeBlanc, we didn't mention, of course, but he's Strap. most likely going to be a backup. So, you know, uh, yeah. he, if he's listening to this, he's not going to piss down his leg. <laughs> They're deeper. They can withstand injuries better. They're more experienced. Well, kind of. Not not in, at, in nickel, but uh, everywhere else. 
Uh, so they, you know, you had to choose. You had to choose one uh, at number three, and so uh, that's what I went with. Because as we go down the list, I mean, some of these I feel very confident that they have like no chance of being better. Right. So this one, at least, I felt like they had a chance. So all right, we were pretty much on the same page there with three and four. Just flip flopped them a little bit. My number five, uh, and this is an odd one, I guess, but I'm going with linebacker. I had no idea what to do at linebacker. Yeah, me neither. Uh, because you think about, you know, Jordan Hicks plays half the season. Uh, Nigel Bradham steps in and does a great job. But Michael Kendricks is uh, basically giving you the full Michael Kendricks experience where there are some flash plays, but it looks like he doesn't really know where he's supposed to be 40% of the time. Uh, you know, I like a, I like a Kamu Grugier Hill. I think they've got a little bit, a little bit more depth this year than they had back then, probably. Uh, you think about Kamu and Nate Gary were, uh, and and Najee Good. Those guys were either younger or not very good, no pun intended. Whereas this year you you bring in your LJ Forts, your Zach Browns. I think they are. I think they are deeper this year with um, maybe not quite as good of a top two. Can Kamu Grugier Hill? This year, give you the performance that Michael Kendricks gave you that that year. I think he can. I think he can also. I'm feeling I'm as we talk about. It, I'm feeling better about the linebackers <laughs> than I was about the corners. You know what though, with uh, with Nigel Bradham, I you know he had a disappointing year last year. I thought a relatively disappointing year. Remember the the numbers were not very different, but Correct. it did seem like he was making less of an impact. Yes, uh, and yeah. I do feel like uh, they would be. They would be in much worse shape this year if Nigel Bradham got hurt than they were two years ago when Jordan Hicks got hurt. That's uh, definitely were, true. If, if, and Nigel Bradham is himself nursing some kind of injury. Uh, if you know, if they ended up having to trot out a, a starting three of, uh, and you know, they're not going to play base that much. But even if it's if it's Zach Brown, Kamu, and Nate Gary or L.J. Fort. Yeah, I mean, actually, that's not that terrible. I don't know. Eh, I don't know. That's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. I'm just I'm a, I think uh, I think I believe in Camus. I just don't see a lot of the upside here, though. No, you're right. I mean, yeah, I feel like Camus probably best case scenario is Kendricks from 2017. And the other problem here is is that uh, we won't talk about it yet, but the play of the guys in front of them is probably taking a step back, and so they will be exposed a little bit more. Yeah. So uh, it feels like it's probably going to be pretty even. There, so I had the linebackers down at number seven. Actually, number seven. Oh, okay. yeah. Well, again, I have no confidence in any of these picks, but um, yeah. So I had them at seven. Okay, uh, number five will probably surprise you. It's probably a bad pick. I went with quarterback. That was my number six. Okay. Now, obviously, on the surface, you say Shield, you're a moron. They had Nick Foles that year. People tell you about tell you that about your surface all the time. He led them on that playoff run, Super Bowl, all that. How could they possibly be better? I'm I'm looking at sort of the big picture kind of passing game type deal where they were sixth in passing DVOA that year. And so obviously Carson Wentz was very good and an MVP candidate. And can he get back to that level? That's the question that really, you know, the entire season is based around, I think he can. I think he's got a better supporting cast this year. And so if you told me, hey, 
the the Eagles are going to be uh, third in passing DVOA this year. That would not shock me. Uh, so I think there's some room there for improvement. Again, it's a you know in terms of depth, can they withstand a, an injury to Wentz this year? No, it would be probably be a disaster uh, if that happened. Certainly, if it happened at the wrong time. But if we're talking about the passing game as a whole and a relatively healthy Wentz, I think he can match or maybe exceed his performance uh, from that season. And you think maybe he can be a little bit less of a locker room cancer? His accuracy, of course, as I, you know, I, I wrote the piece earlier this offseason, there are areas of his game that have improved from that improved from 2000. 17 to 18 and uh, accuracy throw to Zach Ertz. Yes. So he just does that on every play. They're in good shape. That's that literally does sound like too much Ertz. I do enjoy when uh, Julie Ertz does something well and someone uh, people tweeted us too much Ertz. Too, uh, yeah, so do I. You've yeah. been watching the you've been watching these games. You know, I, I we were again we were on vacation, so I had some crazy kids to deal with, and was trying to you know keep an eye on it. I haven't been watching as much. As I would have liked to. Is not is Nia interested at all? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Straight answer. Good answer. Yeah. Um, they've been fun. Fun games. Game tomorrow. Um, I think uh, I think you've probably said it right. Like there are there are ways in which they can expect the quarterback to be better and a better decision maker, perhaps than he was two years ago, but. It's hard to expect, you know, his actual uh, performance and like the highlights and the, the highs to be as high as they were two years ago. But that said, if he plays sixteen games, that's a, that's an improvement in in at least one facet. Although unlikely that he can have the kind of playoff run that uh, Nikki Franchise did. I think the highs could certainly be as high as they were for him two know. years there ago. Were so the highlights. Many highs. He's he's got uh, he's got better players. Yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be able to the North Dakota kids gonna be yeah. able to uh, well, unleash uh, some bombs. Maybe he doesn't fumble as much. Maybe he doesn't get sacked as much. Yeah, right. There are, there are ways. There are ways. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we we That's got fair. your five. That was your six. You said that right. That was my six. Yes. So why don't you give me your six since you had the linebackers at seven? You're gonna crush me for my six. I feel like. Okay. I put defensive line. Hmm. Now, I know you're, you're saying, Sheil, all offseason you've been complaining about their defensive you're line. six? They're not as good. Well, there's only nine. Yeah. Yeah, so settle down over there. All right, so that year you had Brendan Graham, uh, Fletcher Cox, Tim Jernigan, Vinnie Curry, Derek Barnett, Chris Long are rotational players at that point. Bo Allen, uh, a very good defensive That's line. A great top seven. Great top seven. Graham had nine and a half sacks that year. He was younger. Uh, Curry was younger. Jernigan was good for half the season. So, yeah, I'm not making a strong case here. I, get, I guess my case would be, uh, can Malik Jackson be as good as Tim Jernigan was that year? I say yes. Sure. I'm not saying he's going to be, but he could be. He could be. Fletcher Cox, I think, is a better player now than he was that year. I mean, he was Maybe. very good that year. Maybe. I mean, he was better last year than he was yeah. the previous year. So I feel like he's, uh, you know, I, I would bet more that you would get a 
better Fletcher Cox than a worse Fletcher Cox from 2017? Uh, I don't know. Played That's a lot great. more snaps okay. last year. Okay. I don't know. I'm not uh, willing to make that bet. Okay. Uh, Derek Barnett was a rookie that year, you know, but he's coming off an injury this year. Obviously a, a, a big unknown, but you know, can you talk yourself into, Hey, it's his third year. He's going to be a better player than he was that year. You probably can, mm, you know, I don't know. That's what I, by the way. And as I was going through this, I think I'm ready to make a proclamation here. Interesting. Should I believe the trumpets. I believe, and this is not based on any uh, information or reporting or anything. You, you know, I, you probably assume it's not. I think Chris. I'm willing to say Chris Long is going to play for this team in 2019. Really? Well, uh, did you see the Connor Barwin thing? Uh, yes. What he wants to play for the Eagles? He told. He has said he's been in touch with Howie and said, and has let it be known that he would like to play for the Eagles. And Howie has said they're going to wait and see how training camp goes, uh, basically, and. And and see whether they think they need that depth. Yeah, I think I think they're going to get to you know the third or fourth week of August. Maybe someone is a little dinged up. Maybe Chris Long is getting a little bit bored. Maybe he watches a little preseason and says, "Oh man, week one." That, I hope he's not I, watching I, preseason. Well, I don't know. Maybe he can. <laughs> Just something. I miss the juice of the actual Sunday. Because, uh, you know, I was looking at, as I was doing this D-line comparison, I'm thinking, man, they could really use a guy like Chris Long. Yeah, obviously. As we've been saying. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if he's coming back. I don't think, think so. He's finished? You don't think so? Okay. Well, Pastaficios? Yeah, I'll put a Pastaficios on that. All right. I will say uh, Chris Long is back on this team at some point in 2019. Okay. What are the odds? I mean, they had what no, are the odds they, they get through like all of August healthy? It really it takes one injury for him to get his role back. Yeah, uh, that's what it true. was last year. He can skip all the off season, the training camp nonsense, all that. Uh, you know, he obviously liked the locker room. He liked the city. You don't have to do all the uh, other stuff. Just uh, just show up for the season, uh, September through whenever the season ends, and then you know call it quits after that. So I had the defensive line at eight. Okay. Uh, and, I mean, it's just there's a lot of the same guys, and a lot of them are older, and, you know, older in a bad way, not like Derek Barnett, who, who I think is fair to say you should have high expectations for. Um, and there is just – there is nowhere near as much depth. I mean, you know, could Josh Schwett pop or could uh, uh, Sharif Miller pop? Unlikely, but it's possible. And they sort of need one of them, too. Um, I know that you are a big uh, Joe Osman believer, so maybe that's why you have them so high. But uh, I, I didn't ju- even write him down. On You know, I had, <laughs> I had the 2019 Did you group. write Deshaun Hall down? No, I had, the, I had the top six guys. And then in parentheses, I put Ridgeway, Sweat, Miller. Okay. <laughs> so Hall, you remind me of Hall every podcast. I don't know if he's like paying you under the table or what's going on there but uh he had a couple of good snaps at the end of the year all right he's not on my radar i don't think Maybe he's he making the should team. be i don't know uh, he was completely buried in the spring um i don't think i i mean i i do think that there is a bit of a uh narrative that they were like the best defensive line in the league two years ago and they were not like they were they were good but they were not um and I think I think our our buddy Joe Banner is is guilty of this sometimes. They were not like completely relentless. 
they weren't like the best defensive line we've ever seen. Which yeah, is, I would agree with um, that. Although it was, you know what, it was kind of confusing statistically because teams were really getting rid of the ball so quickly against them, like they were affecting games. But yeah, if you look at the raw sack and uh, you know QB hit numbers and that kind of thing, and yeah, even just reading out the names, I mean, it was Brandon Graham and Fletcher. The biggest Cox. thing is that there were no there, there were no breaks for the opposing offensive line the opposing offenses like yeah that's true uh you know it, it might maybe it was nice for the kind the, the few plays where fletcher cox was not on the field but uh for the most part on the edge you, you like you were you were not getting a okay here comes josh sweat for 10 snaps like yeah it was long and barnett were are coming off the are, are your backups and graham's is, going inside like there yeah. there were uh it, it, it in that sense it was relentless there was no uh there was no letting off the gas and I just don't think that they have that kind of firepower this year. And, okay. and uh, I think that's my biggest concern with the team, probably. Yeah, as I said, I struggled after, you know, the first couple there. It's it was, fair. Uh, it got, uh, it got, to, I can see the path. I can see the path towards it. I'm not confident it's going to happen. That's why I have them sixth and not second. But the path of, hey, Malik, ja- you know, Malik Jackson is uh, sort of feeling rejuvenated here and Derek Barnett makes a leap. It's really those two things yeah. that would, ha- you know, would be the difference there. I think those are fair. Okay. That was your six. Let me just get this down for posterity's sake. Okay. As so we're ever going to revisit it. So my seven uh, is the offensive line, which was probably, probably the league's best uh, two years ago. Now, Jason Peters is two years older, but he did not play a whole season. So you could make the case that they could be better at left tackle than they were two years ago. I think you could make the case that they could be better at left guard than they were two years ago. Uh, Isaac Siamalu, second year into being an established starter versus the uh, vaunted left guard rotation. That's not a crazy thing to me. Center, Jason Kelsey was unbelievable. It's hard to expect he could be that good, but uh, holding serve there, I think, would probably be a win. They will probably not. They will definitely not be as good at right guard as they were two years ago. Because even if Brandon Brooks plays, he will be coming off the Achilles. It's it's uh, impossible to expect him to play at that high level. And Lane Johnson was uh, maybe the league's best overall tackle two years ago, and he took a, a bit of a step back last year. Was playing through some injuries, so I don't think it's crazy to expect him to play close to that level. But uh, the overall concern is that this is a bunch of old guys for the most part, and they're probably going to have to take a step back now. You know, they do have a first-round pick. Uh, it's hard to expect Andre Dillard to be awesome uh, if he is called into duty, but uh, you would hope that he could do as good a job as uh, Halapula Vati Vaitai did two years ago. Yeah, I don't know that that's fair. Okay. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to make the case, and I, I okay, actually, as I talk case. about it, I, I might, I might, well, I guess, I guess they're in the right, right spot for me. Are you talking yourself into it or out of I, it? I think I'm talking myself into it a little bit, oh. but I think they're still. I still. I think they're still in the right place. But I had. You. I what? had this ninth. I had this last ninth. Yeah. Wow. I think that that shocks me. Uh, I mean, Peters is like legit old now. I mean, he was <laughs> old. old then. He's very old now. Uh, you know, I don't agree with you that you know. I don't think. Uh, I like Dillard, but I just think it's a tall task to expect him to come in and play. You know, Vitae was very good in that playoff run. I think it's uh, yeah. unfair to think that Dillard would just come in. I think he would definitely take his lumps and have some growing pains if he had to come in for Peters, which he most likely will have to do 
at some point this year. So I don't think you're as good at uh, left tackle. Or, you know, you're, you're right. It could be even if Peters plays more games. Uh, you could be even there. Um, I don't know. Everyone crushes Wisniewski all the time. But <laughs> I don't know. I but he's still guy, here. Guy was a formidable left guard that year. He wasn't getting beat. All right. It's not always pretty. He's a he's a grinder. He's a scrapper. Okay. He was keeping guys, uh, you know, out of the quarterback's face. The, he was good in the run game. So, uh, you know, I think that's probably – you're right. You could be better there. I think it will probably end up being a bit of a wash. Uh, I mean, Kelsey was so, so good that year. Uh, yes. You know, let's like – it's just I, I don't think two years, two more years after all the injuries he had last year, uh, I, I still think he's going to be very good and one of the better centers in the league. But um, to expect him to be at that sort of first team all pro level uh, is probably a bit of a stretch. You're, you know, and Brandon Brooks was one of the best guards in the NFL. That yeah, year. that's going to be it's, that has to be the that's biggest, the biggest one. Yeah, yeah, he's coming off the Achilles. Uh, and then, yeah, like you said, Lane Johnson, they had that stretch that year. Remember, I remember I tweeted something out. It was like, uh, you know, Khalil Mack, Von Miller, right. Aaron Donald. There was someone else like all those guys combined for like one quarterback hit or something. Yeah, I think uh, you got a lot of retweets on that bad boy. Yeah, that was that was, um, you know, I really pride myself on social media engagement. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, So, yeah, I, I think it's like uh, I mean, I, I really cannot even envision a scenario where they perform better than they did that season. Yeah, so, that's probably fair. Uh, again, th- we're we're reaching the tough part of this exercise, um, but yeah, I had them ninth. Okay. Uh, so then we all—I guess all we have left is one position, right? All we have left is one position. You have them at eighth, and I have them at ninth. Yeah, there you go. The safeties. The safeties. I can't. There's. It's impossible to imagine them being any better because it's yeah. the same guys and they're older. Yeah, that's true. And and one's coming up. One's well, coming off an injury. The Your third com- safety is not older. No, they're, no, but but Corey Graham was really good two years ago. We'll see, I'm totally that remembering that, but I'll take your word for it. Uh, I mean, in that role. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, you know, I know that you're a big uh, Andrew Sandejo fan, but uh, <laughs> you know, I guess Trey Sullivan is uh, is is an interesting wild card. But I mean, it's just Malcolm Jenkins can't be better than he was two years ago. It's impossible. He played every snap and was awesome. And Rodney yeah. McLeod is coming off a, a torn ACL. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I mean, I, I was just basically <laughs> flipping a coin between eight and nine there. Um, if Avante Maddox were playing safety, yeah, then I that's guess interesting. you could sort of talk yourself into it. That's possible. And maybe he will at some point. Then you can maybe talk yourself into it. But, yeah, if it's Jenkins, McLeod, Corey Graham versus Jenkins, McLeod, you know, older Jenkins, McLeod off an injury in Sandejo, then, yes, there's there's no scenario where – this version's better than that version. Yeah. That's okay. I got him at nine. I didn't do, I thought, good, I didn't do specialists, and I thought you were going to, like, come at me with that at the end, so I'm glad we're just ignoring it. Yeah, I think that's definitely the right decision. Okay. Okay. Did you think that that was a helpful exercise? Yeah, I mean, it, it feels like, what was it? Did, it you know, it why? did cool me down a little bit. Now, I mean, it, yeah. it does, it's, you know, obviously, this is not how games will be decided, but. And well, you yeah, wouldn't, and you wouldn't have thought going into that year that that those positions were going to be as good as they were. But uh. right. no, at some point I was thinking of doing a post of you know on this same idea with really thinking that hey, this roster is better 
than the Super Bowl roster, but I don't think that w- that would be a good post after doing this exercise. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, it, it, I feel a little bit differently than I did uh, before doing the exercise, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm really good. only like strongly confident in, in, in three of the nine, probably. Three or two? I got wide receiver and tight end. Wait, you, oh, you running yeah, back? Yeah, I get. Yeah, I mean, I waffled on it. I would yeah. say, I would say, wide receiver and tight end. You feel good about. Yeah. Running back, corner. I think you you feel like they're about. It's, it's about a coin flip. And then the other ones, you feel like, well, I'll probably be worse. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Although you know, as we know, the most important thing to be able to do is have a prolific passing game. That's and so true. I guess in terms of that, it might be a good sign that well, we have that's a good point. That's the, that, that is what I was going to say is if you were then to go through and rank the importance of the positions, yeah, um, it would, it would color things a little bit differently. So it may be able to make up for some of the other deficiencies on the roster. And of course there's coaching and all that. I mean, you know, Jim Schwartz has earned the benefit of the doubt. So some of these areas where you say, Hey, they're not as good. Uh, you still, still no feel right. Right. But you still feel pretty good about, uh, you know, what they'll be able to do. So, okay. Can you, two can you name, as far as I can tell, the only player who played just, no, that's not true. The two players who played just one game for the Eagles in the regular season of 2017. Is Marcus uh, Johnson one of them? No, he played a lot of games. Oh, okay. Eh. Okay, I have at least three now. (laughs) Who at least recorded a a statistic. I have no idea. The answers are Nate Sudfeld. Oh, I'm looking at the roster now here. There were five. There were five? Yeah. Okay. Let me see if I can guess them then, because I know three. Okay. Nate Sudfeld. Sidney Jones and uh, Caleb Sturgis. Correct. Trey Elston. Uh, who is that? He is back on the roster. <laughs> they signed him in the spring. <laughs> That's why I know that. It's because when they signed him, you look up and you see that he was part of the Super Bowl team. What game he did he play in? Ro- it was very early on. It was like week three or four, I think. Oh, man. That, early, that's... Early, turn, early churn. That seems like a topic you're going to be visiting with him on. He's a Super Bowl <laughs> champion. In training camp. I don't know if I can guess the fifth one. The uh, fifth one is the – I'll give you a hint. The fifth one is we said immediately after the Super Bowl that this is going to be the guy who like, you know, 20 years from now – I have he, a guess. It, okay. Is it Will Beatty? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We knew right away this yes. was the most obscure guy on the roster. Because he was on the roster for the Super Bowl. He was unlike, on the roster. Unlike Trey Elston. Yep. Yeah, that's a good one. Yep. Now, I don't know if there's going to be a Will Beatty on the team this year. What do you mean? I don't know. It just it could be a tough place to upgrade. Oh, yeah. I enjoyed my conversations with Will Beatty. Uh, I remember them being okay. He had a, he had a good answer for the... Uh, Parenthood advice question. I kind of remember him being suspicious of my questions, actually. Well, you ask suspicious questions. Yeah, I don't know what they were, but I remember him being like, I don't know. It sounds like he had the right read. Who wants to know or something? I don't know. 
<laughs> he gave me something weird. But anyway, okay. I don't think I'll be conversing with him in the future. All right. You want to send your, uh, your football-only listeners on their, on their way? Let me see. Do I have any other uh, football thoughts? Uh, yeah, sure. See ya. Okay. Good riddance. Okay. Let's get to uh, getting a bird in edgewise. Questions from the fans. A lot of serial talk. We have to hold off on the serial opinions for the draft. Oh, wait. Aren't some of these going to be football-related? Oh, yeah, that's true. Some of them will be football-related. So, well, they're too bad. They're gone. So, okay. I mean, You did that on purpose. Yeah, exactly. I don't want them getting any information that they didn't sign up for. All right. Uh, Tony Branch wants to know if uh, Washington State's Jalen Thompson is a possible supplemental draft op- uh, option. I'll give this one to you, Sheila, because I know you've been doing all the work. No, like I said, I've been on vacation. I've seen that guy's name on Twitter, um, and that is the extent to what I know. Okay, well, uh, you heard it here first. We don't know anything about Jalen Thompson. Uh, Sheil, would you rather have LJ Fort or a fourth-round pick? Because that is the Eagles' decision that they will have to make. That's from Fully Spectrumed. Uh, And obviously this is referring to the comp pick formula. Uh, LJ Fort is a qualifying free agent. So is Andrew Sandejo. If they release one of them before the 53-man roster cuts, they will uh, get a fourth-round pick in 2020. 2021, 2020, 2020. I mean, do I really have to, it seems obvious. Do I really need to answer that? I would rather have a fourth round pick. Uh, well, would you rather have LJ Fort or Andrew Sandejo or a fourth round pick? I don't know. LJ Fort's not that bad, is he? Uh, I guess, I guess you'd rather have the fourth. It's not really, but but here's the other thing. You have to think of it more of an early fifth. Listen, I can think of it as an early seventh. And also, <laughs> I think I'll still have the same answer. Wow, you hate LJ Fort. No, he's fine. I he mean, was I one of the know. best defensive players on the softball team. What are you expecting out of him? Is he going to play? He's like a backup special teams guy. I don't know. I don't know what their plans are for him. You love Nate Gary. Yeah, that's you true. You just professed your love for Camus. It's true. I mean, you can hold on to him now if somebody suffers an injury. Then maybe yeah. You I mean, you could say that the, they signed him early, and so they they have high hopes for him. But uh, they did the same with whatever that guy's name was from the Broncos last year. Or a Nelson. Yeah, maybe they just do this every year. <laughs> yeah, maybe this is their this is their thing. Sign linebackers yeah. they hate early. Maybe on. like Joe Douglas learned this from Ozzie Newsome or something. I don't know. Yeah, that's a little trick of the trade. I would like that. That would be a nice move. Okay. I guess it's kind of. I guess it's kind of cruel. It's a little mean. <laughs> yeah, it's mean. It's pretty mean, actually. I take that back. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, I would like the. I like the idea of, of like L.J. Fort um, developing a fan base, and then they show up uh, to the stadium like with a with a fort that they watch the game underneath. You know what I mean? One of those. One of those sections. Like the Randy Wolf guys. You got another question? Which that was uh, the Wolf's Den, wasn't it? The Randy Wolf thing. He had that before. You stole no, that. I from don't him. think it was the Den. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure it was the Wolf's Den. I don't think so. I made that. I'm up. I'm a hundred percent sure. Let me Google that. That's completely my own. All right, go ahead. Let's What's see. Your next uh, Wesley Matthews has agreed to a deal to join the Bucks. Getting my getting my uh, notification tweets from Woj and Shams. Uh, let's see. Wolf Pack, it looks like. Wolf Pack, I knew it. I told you. 
Okay. Uh, I don't. Can we? Maybe we can answer this question. Uh, it's uh, it's cereal adjacent. If the 2019 NFC East teams were cereals, what would they be? No, save it for the save, cereal save pod. Save it for the draft. Okay. Uh, Dan Foley, which of the Sixers' new starting five would make the best football player, and what position would they play? Hmm. It would have to be uh, Josh Richardson, right? Everybody else is too tall. <laughs> what about that too tall Jones? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there are no 6'9 or 6'10 players, 7-foot players. What so. about Alejandro Villanueva? Was oh, okay. he 6'7 or something? All right. You think any of them? I, what about I, Carlton Agadosi? Okay. I'm going to stick with my choice. What position would he play? I guess you would have to say like a, a wide receiver. Tight end, maybe. Yeah. yeah I'm, not, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not intimately familiar with Josh Richardson's body type. Me neither. So I find this one difficult. Yeah, have you heard the term like body typing? I feel like I feel like Ben Simmons could could play tight end. I think so. Six nine. I mean, six ten. It's not ideal. It's not ideal. It's unheard of. It's <laughs> unprecedented. Yeah, but he could go. Up, he can go up and get it. Mm, I don't know. I don't think I would want him working in the middle of the field. He would have to be more like a Jimmy Graham. I could, he could be like a Jimmy Graham type. Yeah, I guess. Okay. What's wrong with that? Nah. He, he'd have to be. He, you would you would downgrade him to just being one of the best receiving tight ends of the last ten years. Well, he couldn't do the uh, celebration of like you know shooting a turnaround jump shot. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> what were we gonna say? Uh, I oh yeah yeah I don't I don't know where I've heard, but it feels like in the realm of sports, I'm hearing this term body typing. Oh no, I don't know what that is. Like uh, like like why do you want to see this this person live? You know, oh, body typing. Oh, really? I don't know. Like, a, like, why do you want to scout him in person? A scout, yeah. No, that's weird. It know. sounds to me like a. It sounds to me like a Chip Kelly thing. Like, oh, we just we we only want specific specs at each position. Maybe. Okay. I'm not saying well, that that's what it means. I'm saying that's what it sounds like. Let, let's let's agree to never use that term. Okay. Uh, Kelsey Grammer, you know the drill. Hundred feathers. Now this is, I believe, this is a turkeys that. Uh, no, I got no. He's right. He's right. Hundred feathers. Uh, bet on any of these four players returning to the Eagles: Corey Graham, Connor Barwin, Chris Long, and Darren Sproles. You are already on the record as proclaiming that Chris Long is coming back. So he's he's got a lot of feathers coming from you. Graham, Barwin, Long, Sproles. Right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know Barwin. Uh... As a four three def- like rotational defensive end, yeah. Mm, I don't know. It feels to me like I don't. Uh, we now neither of us really watched in twenty sixteen when he was. He, that that is what he did, right? <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that he wasn't very good, but I believe he did at least do it. And I know obviously he did it in the beginning of his career, but well, uh, I mean, yeah. I, uh, if I've got a hundred feathers, I'm probably doing. I'm probably doing zero on Corey Graham. 85 on Chris Long, uh, 13 on Darren Sproles, and two on Connor Barwin. Wait, say them again. I missed it. Well, I don't. You you shouldn't know the answers. You should. Oh, okay. Do a, do well, I, I do like the idea that like they feel like you have to have like a uh, a woke uh, white guy. Yeah, like a, a woke white guy who just everybody loves. Great teammate. Great in the community. You know. Yeah, who's who's nice... also, and I, I mean, I want to be fair here, also not a um, evangelical. 
I was I had no idea what you were gonna say there when you paused. So I I think that was a good outcome based on I didn't know what what else you were gonna say. So okay, uh, yeah. So maybe they feel like that's a uh, role needed for culture. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I would possible. say, well, Corey Graham is a zero. Yeah. Jaren Sproles, I don't get the sense that. Uh, I feel like I want to put him close to zero, but probably should be a little bit higher. I'll give him a five. That leaves me with 95. I will go with. I hear some weird noises coming from. The your air has just started in my. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 70 for Chris Long and 25 for Barwin. Wow. Okay. So you only win in our head to head if Connor Barwin comes back. Uh, if only I would have listened. What were yours? I think uh, 85 for Long, 13 oh. for Sprills, and 2 for Barwin. Oh, you say no chance of well, Barwin, I think he's huh? the I think he's the most likely to come back. Okay. Uh, Brandon Giulioni wants to know my thoughts on uh, my updated thoughts on salty sweet combinations. I've been a little bit disappointed with the uh, feedback here. You got crushed for that. Well, yeah, I came clean and I said, "Give me, I'm willing to revisit. Give me your recommendations." And I have not received many recommendations. I will say, uh, I had a chocolate covered pretzel the other day. And I would rather have a regular pretzel and a regular piece of chocolate than, no. than the chocolate-covered pretzel. I stand by that. I'm sorry. Uh, the, the little sprinkle of salt on a chocolate chip cookie is delightful. I'm still waiting for other uh, recommendations. Okay. I mean, there's such a huge gap for me between the regular pretzel and the chocolate-covered pretzel. I don't like the regular pretzel. I'll tell you what I like. I like a like a uh, chocolate covered almond. That's pretty good. I haven't had that, but I would like to. Uh, you like a sun chip? Occasionally. Okay. What 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 are we, what flavor are we talking? Uh, I like garden salsa. And garden harvest salsa. Cheddar. Yeah. Okay. I don't the hardest. The harvest cheddar is not my favorite. Garden salsa is tough to find. I like the garden salsa. You got to know a guy. It was, you know, growing up, it was like the Sun Chips was like, you know, it was like the healthy version. You thought you were basically having a salad. But that's not true, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they're not very good for you. Jason Jenks of uh, The Athletic Seattle. I remember him going on a uh, huge diatribe at me in the uh, Seattle press room about, I don't know, he he felt very strongly that, uh, you know, the sun, sun Chips had been misrepresenting itself for years as the healthier option when it in fact is not. Yeah, I'm sure that they were lying. I just okay. I remember that that was the message. Okay. Uh, Peckness migrate sunscreen, chlorine, and towels. Sunscreen, chlorine, and towels. I think okay. you got I think you got to nest sunscreen. Otherwise, I don't think I. I don't think I have to. Okay. Even it's, with it's, that dome of yours. I can I can cover up, and I do, I think I've gotten sunburnt once in my life. Really? Yeah. Oh, nice. I mean, obviously, it's still good. Uh, no matter uh, you know, if you have darker skin, you still wear the sunscreen for uh, other reasons. But in terms of getting sunburnt, uh, yeah, I don't get sunburnt. Usually, I feel like I could uh, cover up pretty well, where that wouldn't be an issue. I I'm not a fan of the chlorine. So I yeah, think I'm, I, I'm happy to migrate chlorine. I'm migrating chlorine. 
You need you gotta have towels. What well, I mean, are we talking like beach towels or are we talking about like getting out of the shower towels? Because if that's included, yeah, I mean, obviously you have to you have to. No, I think towels. I think the theme would be getting We're out talking of about outside towels, some type of water. So not yeah. sitting on the towel, but you get out of the pool or the ocean or the lake or whatever and having a towel. So yeah. I would ne- nest the towel. Chlorine is uh, is completely overmatched in this in this threesome. I'll use sunscreen once a year. <laughs> yeah, when are you going to use it? I don't know. How is the uh, how are the girls at uh, applying sunscreen, or you applying it to them? Um, sometimes it's a battle. Sometimes it's okay. They have to do it at school when they go outside, so I think they're a little bit more used oh, to it. Addition to it, that's good. The spray is the spray or the wipes are huge. Yeah, that sounds good. Can't be going with the old school lotion. Well, we've Casey actually gets a kick out of it when we put the oh. uh, the sunscreen on him. But the problem is his head, because first of all, we thought we had bought a spray. And it turned out it was just a spray. Uh, it was just a bottle that sprayed the lotion, so that didn't help us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he the, he he accepts the sunscreen, but he does not like to wear a hat. Just mm. he wants to he wants to rip that hat right off. So that he's, is he's uh, got a good dome. Yeah, he I don't blame him. Off. Yeah, I know, but. Uh, it would be nice to have a little spray for the, for the top of the head. We once had a situation where we were in Florida visiting uh, my mother-in-law, and we were at a hotel that was right near the beach. And uh, Naya was younger at this time, and we started walking toward the beach, and she would rip the hat off. And uh, my wife would say, you got to wear the hat. She would rip the hat off. And so guess what? We did not get to go. I did not get to put my feet in the ocean. Really? Because of this battle, I will never forget it. <laughs> wow. Pathetic. But, you know, you got to give her a little bit of credit for holding firm. I would have let her go without the uh, hat. Yeah, but, well, I mean, uh, you, gotta, you, 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 can't, you can't let her know that you're bluffing. Well, listen. I think, I think, I think Jessica deserves the credit, but also you got to respect Naya's stick to 20 minutes, no hat, feet in the ocean. I think we would have been fine. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, Dan Roberts, what current Eagles players do you think have the highest likelihood to go into coaching after their playing career is over? Hmm. Coaching, let's see. I could see on the offensive line, I feel like you could see a lot of those guys. Peters, Kelsey, Wisniewski. I mean, Peters, I think, would make a good coach, and I've written about that, but... It's hard to for me to imagine him wanting to put in the time. I don't know. He seems to he seems that's he seems to like the camaraderie. Yeah, I know, but it's a little bit different. Okay. And I would probably say the same for Kelsey. He's got his 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 outside interests are too varied, I think. You know, we think that now, but then when you're retired for like 3 years, yeah. Maybe it changes. Uh running backs, I don't uh, Wendell Smallwood. No, I don't. I don't see anybody in running backs. Osman, uh, of course. How about Suddy? I could see Suddy. Yeah, I could see Suddy. That's oh, a good. Oh, that might be a good one. That's that's a very good one. Bob Lamont might want to sign him now. <laughs> yeah, that's. I think that's correct. <laughs> he yeah. likes getting those, uh, those those quarterbacks. Yeah, he should. He should. He should sign him right now. That's uh, a good one. Defensively, Jenkins would be good, but yeah, I don't I know don't that think, he would yeah. be interested. Like Brandon Graham coaching D line. But he's made a lot of money, too. No, I don't think so. Joe uh, Osman? Maybe. I mean, Joe Osman is definitely going to be a coach somewhere, whether it is in high school or college or the NFL, remains to be seen. 
I think it's Sudfeld. I think that's my answer. We're talking NFL coach. If you NFL. had a, a NFL head coach, I think Sudfeld is the is the obvious answer. Yeah. Besides okay. maybe Joey Alfieri. It doesn't have to be head coach. No, I th- is that what he said, head coach? No, no, he just said get into coaching. I okay. ref- I, I'm asking a different question. Okay. Clayton Thorson? Mm-hmm. I mean, a white, a white backup quarterback is, is <laughs> basically, you know, 60-40. They're going to get into the coaching. <laughs> All right. What else you got? Uh, next up. What is the best player jersey to get for my almost four-year-old? Probably will be a jersey, and she mostly doesn't understand football, but likes to sing the fight song. I think you obviously we have to um, defer to Bounty Bowl on this question, but I if you're if you're trying to go away from from a Wentz, did they say they're trying to go away from a Wentz? No. Okay, he's obviously the safest one. Yeah. If you're worried about the investment, although it's a jersey, so you shouldn't be as worried about that. Also, she's four, so she's going to outgrow it. So you you have the, you can think short term. I feel. That's a good point. I love the idea of a four year old, four year old girl who doesn't like football that much wearing like a Jason Peters jersey. Yeah, I like that too. Um, I think you probably want. I mean, you want someone whose name is going to be called when the game is on, right? So that they so that there's some kind of yeah. uh, recognition. So like a, a nice under the radar one might be like a Miles Sanders. Ugh. But you get because you get a couple years out of it, and he's going to get the ball a lot, presumably. I mean, maybe. I, Let's is, I mean, why not just go Ertz? Ertz, I think, is safe. Ertz, Wentz, Cox, those are probably your safest ones. Yeah, Jenkins. I mean, what, like the cornerbacks might get their name Goddard, called if you want to be cool. You want to be good. like a little bit hipster. That's the hipster. Yeah, I think that's a hipster one. Uh, Benjamin Price, are the Eagles the deepest team in the NFL? Mm. You're the one who's been going through the rosters. Uh, I think they are right up there, I would say, yeah. And then how would you rank the positional groups in terms of how deep they are? I think relative to most uh, teams, I think you could probably say wide receiver and corner are both pretty deep. Uh, Whether they are top-heavy or not is a different question. Offensive line, I think, is pretty deep. Offensive line is pretty deep. Compared to the rest of the league. And then I think the shallowest are probably safety and quarterback. Defensive end. Defensive end. Oh, they got a a lot of bodies. They're just not very good. Well, that doesn't count. They have a lot of bodies everywhere. (laughs) Let the bodies hit the floor. Okay. Uh, Colin Humphreys, rank the off-seasons NFL, NHL, MLB, NBA. By the way, NFL Twitter, I don't need to hear about, like, every year NBA free agency. Oh, you know, like like comparing the guaranteed money that, like, a mediocre NBA player is making compared right. to, like, a good NFL player. It's the like, same we, thing with baseball. Like, we get it, okay? This is These are not, like, unique, insightful tweets anymore. Please stop. <laughs> God, it's annoying. Okay. It is very annoying. Uh, well, I don't pay much attention to NHL, so I couldn't tell you if that's good or not. Okay. Uh, baseball was terrible, as we found out it's, last year. It will continue to be so until they make changes. So I'll just put that forth, even though I don't pay attention to any I NHL. Like yeah, let's make let's make the NHL higher than that. And uh, I think NBA first and NFL second. Yeah, that's pretty. I think that's easy. Yeah. Um. 
Uh, Eagles troll the world. Did you spot any progress in minicamp from Cameron Johnston in terms of nuance to his play beyond just booming it? Sheila, I'll let you take this one. No, I think that's all you. <laughs> uh, Save that for when we have Jimmy Kemsky on. Yeah, I mean, if I spent any time watching Cameron Johnston, um, I, I think I'd be doing everybody a disservice. Speaking no, of, I, speaking I of be coaches, doing a good job, but yeah. Speaking of players getting into coaching uh, and unexpected ones, how about the Cowboys' Josh Brent? Yeah, what's the story there again? You know this better than I do. Well, he is the player who was uh, drunk driving and uh, killed a teammate. And then apparently, I, I didn't even know that he is now a scout for the Cowboys mm. and was just arrested uh, at a Wendy's. Mm. Scouting doesn't seem like a good profession for somebody who may have an alcohol issue. That's probably a good point a lot, of, a lot of nights on the road by yourself yeah uh noah becker i think this is our last one. Oh no there's two more uh rank these outcomes shield prepares for the serial draft and participates and for those who have not seen shield's tweet uh we are still going to do the serial draft at some point uh shield complains about the serial draft for five minutes and then gets weirdly competitive like one pick into the draft and then shield is the 2013 vikings of the serial draft and silently passes on all his picks. If we're talking about likelihood, I mean, the number one is, is definitely going to happen. The first what one was is, num- What was number one? The, sorry, the number two is the one that's definitely going to happen. Yeah, I think number two, because I actually do have serial takes. So unlike some of the other things that you make me do. Yeah, I think you that, will care about this, yeah. Yeah, I think I'll, you know, I'll have a little bit of passion for this. I think we'd, I think we'd like to make this a... Uh, I think we'd like to bring in a wild card participant for the uh, for the serial draft. Okay, we can make that happen. Um, and then the last question, which will segue us into something you have on your list, is uh, Corbin Springer. What are your thoughts on the Sixers moves? Well, I think that it feels like they're a big. Uh, as I've said to you pre- uh, before, this it feels like they're a big hashtag culture team now, with the addition of Al Horford. Uh, keeping Tobias Harris, like it seems like, uh, you know, in terms of chemistry and guys liking each other and being good teammates, it feels feels like they're in a very good place there, which sometimes can lead to, you know, a good team to root for, a fun team to root for. My two concerns would be a lack of shooting, which is obviously important in uh, the NBA in 2019. And uh, I, they, they don't have an answer in the final two minutes for, all right, we need a bucket. Who's, yeah, I, uh, as I have said to you, it feels to me like it's possible that Elton Brand didn't watch the last three minutes of the Sixers' final game of the season. Yeah. Uh, uh, but? You know what it is? I mean, it, it's really like the issues are still like, can Ben Simmons, how much can he improve? What are the areas of his game that he can actually add and we might see? I mean, that's going to be the difference over all these moves. I, I mean, I don't know. Overall, I kind of like when you tw- when, when Rich Hoffman like uh, tweeted out the starting five, I was like, ooh. Yeah. I, I kind of like that. I, I like that you solved the problem of, hey, Embiid's off the floor. Are we totally going to fall apart? Or, um, you know, maybe you do a little more load management with Embiid or he suffers an injury. Well, you have an answer there in Al Horford now uh, 32 years old. I don't know what that's going to look like in year, I don't know, year three, year four of the contract. My math is right. He'll be 35 or 36. Yeah. I think this year it'll, you know, I, I like Al Horford. 
Um, and so we'll see. I mean, you, is it, is it still the case of, Hey, you have Simmons and Embiid together and you don't know when the window is going to close and the end, the league's looking pretty wide open for well, next I mean, year. This year is uh, there. I mean, the window should be wide open, right? It should be. So yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I uh, think the, I think the Horford contract itself will probably age terribly, but if you are thinking about it in terms of, you know, what's the thing that we can do to most help our most important best player? Uh, I think that does a good job of, of helping Embiid and spelling him and uh, letting him play a little bit less. And then when he does sit, you're not completely uh, giving up the entire game. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Butler contract was going to age horribly also, just for right. the record. Yeah. So. No, I agree. Yeah, so... I think I I think I think that uh, you know if Jimmy Butler is deciding to go to the Heat, I think they they pivoted pretty well, considering what their options were. Um, I think that I'm still like I'm still like angry at the way that they punted the draft. Uh, that was I thought yeah. a real abdication of uh, organizational responsibility. But what they've done so far, I think, is 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 pretty fine. I would say I'm not uh, I'm not sold on their process at all. Uh, but I think the results seem like they're okay. Yeah, I think that's probably it. Does right. it does make me nervous when I read like that Tobias Harris contract and like having just watched him in the last postseason. Like he he needs to be better. Yeah, I think uh, you know. I think, yeah, <laughs> you, I would hope that he would tell you that too. Especially to what I just said. I mean, if he can improve and be the guy in at the end, not the guy, but at least like a a viable option in the last two minutes to create a shot for himself. That would be that would be very big. I, again, I don't know who's giving you the shooting. Uh, we'll see what other moves they have to uh, make here. But uh, I don't know. It's exciting. They switched it up a little bit. I'm excited to see what this team there. looks like. They definitely yeah. need some shooting. But more importantly, yeah. just you know, listen to Rich and Mike and Derek, and read between the lines when Derek tells you exactly what they're going to do the day before they do it. That was pretty good, huh? Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, is there a scenario where, like, at the, uh, you know, Embiid has a Hall of Fame career and he's like, you know, once Al Horford is the guy who taught me to do this, this, and this and, like, really change the, you know, is I don't David know, maybe. Robinson to his Tim Duncan? Maybe. Yeah. It's not not impossible. Yeah. Okay. Or maybe it's uh, Tobias Harris goes into the Hall of Fame and says that Mike Scott taught him to do this and this and this. <laughs> I love that Mike Scott tweet was, I wish I could be so cool to say <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, that was very good. What did he say? The censored version? I believe it was F with me, Philly. Come F with me, Philly. Yeah. yeah. I wish I could be so cool to say that. I think you could really, that. really, I'm only rooting for two things next year in the NBA. I am rooting for uh, Kyrie Irving to be phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> explain and I'll why. Tell, I'll explain why. Well, and then the other thing is I'm rooting for uh, Al Horford. I, I don't want his con- – I don't want this to end up looking like a terrible contract. Mm. Um, why well because the reason is i've never seen a team have like the entire uh, national media in their yeah. pocket like the celtics it's, it's crazy. crazy yeah i would love uh, yeah i would love for uh you know for uh terry rogier to be better than kemba walker next year that would be yeah, unlikely but like you know all the all the story you know i'm seeing the tweets and the stories of well Kyrie ghosted the celtics and then you know uh and then uh what was the oh i can't believe Kevin Durant wants to play with Kyrie Irving, uh, all this stuff. It's like, 
Yeah, I wonder why he go. I mean, it, he ghosted them. It's almost like the entire organization was leaking for the last. I mean, they're like, the ones who traded for him. It's not like he five signed months there. About what a terrible person he was. Now I don't know. He, you know, I'm sure he was doing stuff that was bad, and you know, I'm sure there's some truth to that. But I don't know. Can they take a little bit of criticism for a, a year ago? It was like they yes. had the most assets of any team in the NBA and they've supposedly, you know, supposed to be competing for a championship and the best they have to show for it now is like Kemba Walker and a conference finals appearance. I don't know. That seems disappointing to me. Mm, the Jimmy Butler deal is complete with the Heat with Clippers added as a fourth team. Oh. In a trade that also includes Philadelphia and Portland. No no details yet. I'm sure they will come in seconds. Okay. So yeah, that's all I want to root for. I like that. I think that's good. Uh, yeah, I'd love like uh Kyrie Irving to win a humanitarian award or something like that. Yes. Yes. I w- I w- I, go ahead. I want story. I want to read stories next. I was stories next year about it. Kyrie Irving talking about how the culture in Brooklyn is just so much better <laughs> than the yeah. culture in Boston. And it's really allowed him to thrive and, um, you know, play really well. I just don't understand there. Aren't there some national media members who, who like, uh, you know, Danny Ainge doesn't return their texts and they can speak objectively about this. That's a good, good question. I don't know. It's crazy. I was hoping that you were going to say one of your uh, hopes was that uh, Sim Bular was going to make a make a roster, or Satnam Singh. Throw some sports Indians into the mix. Is that the Mavericks guy? Uh, yes, Satnam yeah. Singh. Yes, okay. the documentary, right? Okay. Yeah. Yes. Well, that would be good too. Okay, third on your list. Big, well, uh, big conversation about sports Indians on my uh, little little family vacation. Well, what do we got? We're talking about a lot about Kumar Rocker. Oh, I've been meaning to ask you about Kumar Rocker. Well, you know what? I heard the name. I saw the name tweeted out, and I thought it has to be a sports Indian. And then I turned it on, and I thought he wasn't a sports Indian. But then I was told, yeah, he is a half sports Indian. All right. He's a beast. uh, He's a beast. And, uh, you know, I would love a – I can't get a jersey that has, like, Rocker on the back. But Why? because uh, you think you because you think people will think it's a John Rocker jersey. I don't know. That's what I I think Rocker in baseball. Well, I, think I think if John it's a Rocker. Vanderbilt jersey, I think you're in the clear. I would they probably have... it's probably like an NCAA thing. You can't get the name on the back. Oh, okay. Oh, that might be cooler. All right. Just a Can Vanderbilt just a baseball Vanderbilt jersey with his number. Yeah, I Ooh. think you can get that. I kind of like that. Okay. He's a or beast. I could get a custom made uh, Kumar on the back. Yeah, but you don't want to you don't want to wear a shirt that doesn't represent what it what it looks like when he wears it. Eh, don't don't tell me what I want to do. I don't think you want to do that. Okay. I Kumar Rocker's got a got a chance to to rock it up the sports Indian rankings. Yeah. He might be like a number one overall pick in two years. I know. Outstanding. Yeah. Hope his arm stays healthy. I know that's right. Uh what else did you have on your uh your agenda? Uh should we do the toilet reveal? Oh is there anything else to get I think we should save the toilet reveal for the end. Uh, okay, well, uh, swimming, you know, we, we had the whole pe- uh, beach pool discussion before. And I went to a lake this weekend. Okay, how was so that? It was very nice. Uh, I was forced to go into the pool on Father's Day. Now what, I said, What kind of pool? Uh, my, it was my, my parents live in this uh, 55 and over community. Oh, yes, this is the one you tweeted about. Yeah, uh, just a terrible experience. I mean, you, you got stuff in your, you know, water in your ears. Your eyes are burning. You smell. You get stuff in your ears in any body of water. Who knows what kind of germs are, you know, floating around that place. 
Uh, there's just no, I don't understand how this is enjoyable for anybody. I don't understand why you think a pool is worse than any other body of water. Well, I never said that it was. It doesn't have living beings inside of it. Uh, the ocean. You know, I like to. The only place I like to be on the beach is with like water right uh, by the, the beach, boy. The waves crashing on my, uh, not crashing, but coming up to between my foot and my knee. Okay. If there's occasionally a bigger wave, you know, it gets a little exciting. It might get up to my waist. Not opposed to being a little bit of a daredevil like that, but uh, I don't want to go all the way in. And what I really don't understand is anybody who likes sand, who just likes to sit there on the sand and like do something. That's terrible to me. Without a towel? I don't know. I just—I don't know if they're if they're trying to get a tan or reading a Are book. Are you saying they're like, just lying on the sand, or is there? Are they lying no, on a towel? No, they can on be on a of, chair. They can be on a chair or a towel. And you still don't respect that? No, what? You, like the sand is terrible. You can't get it off your feet. Uh, it's so hot. Like, why do you want to do that to yourself? Well, I think there are places where it's not. It's not uh, quite so oppressively hot. MBN. Yeah, I mean. You're, you're, it's like you're, you're talking about a terrible pool, too. Yeah. How do you feel about a swim shirt for a man? For a man? Yeah, you go, you go uh, I think all it, natural or you go swim shirt? I, that's, uh, I, I'm, all, I'm all body, maybe. <laughs> I, I saw quite an increase in uh, the swim shirts for on adults, men. Like. It feels like a, a child's uh, endeavor. For adults, yeah, for adult men. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not so sure that's, that's for me. Okay. Although, like I, you know, I remember a time uh, as an adolescent, and you're going through puberty, and you're very uh, self-conscious about your body when you might want to go into the pool with a shirt. I yeah, I think it's probably threefold. I think one would be the the protection from the sun, right? Yeah. Uh, that's why you, that's why you put it on the children. Two would be, you know, what you just said. You're a little self-conscious about the body. You know, you don't want to go all natural to all these strangers. And then I think three is, uh, you know, my, uh, I don't know which brethren I should name here, but, you know, you got some kind of, whether it's a chest hair, mm. you know, some little little back hair, some type of But that, that goes in with the self-consciousness, right? Yeah. Well, self-consciousness, I was thinking more of, you know, you're not, uh, you're not looking rocked up type deal. Right. Oh, so you know? you're just uh, two different reasons to be so. Yeah, yeah. So well, I don't know. Luckily, luckily, I'm about as yoked as it gets, and so <laughs> I'm not, I don't have to worry about these kinds of things. Eh, there you go. Okay. I did want to call you out. Flip the bird to you. Fair enough. I was listening to everybody hits. I'm not all caught up, but I was listening. And uh, Matt Gelb at one point explained the idea of the Lucille to those who haven't listened to. Everybody hit. The Lucille is the uh, flip side to the grouse, basically. You're, you're uh, giving a nod to something that deserves credit, uh, potentially under the radar. Named after uh, Uncle Phil, Jeffrey Breakout Correct. Lucille. So there was one episode where, where Matt Gelb named the Phillies fans. He handed his Lucille to the Phillies fans. Yes. And uh, you just totally crushed him. Yes. And said he's pandering. Yes. Which is fine, but were you going to admit that you basically did this? What was it? The Vikings, the championship game where I had to crush you verbally for that? I believe it was actually the Falcons game. 
the Falcons game. Okay. And I will not apologize for this. Oh, Eagles fans are, you know, I think the Falcons are a better team and I want to pick them to lose. But, man, Eagles fans are just going to lift them. And I had to just rip you for that. No, and, I will, you know, I you will, failed to mention that. I failed to mention it because they're not related. And I will flip the bird back to you because this is an unfair attack. Uh, I was saying that the Eagles fans had a would have a tangible impact on the uh, energy at the game, which I think is a fair thing to say. And it was not just a simple nod to the Eagles doing a, like the Eagles fans doing a good job, and which which is what Matt was giving to the Phillies fans. And I will also say, sorry, Eagles fans are better than Phillies fans. They, mm. they they are uh, louder. It's a, I mean, it's a Take football that game. To the everybody it's a pod, football baby. game versus a baseball game. Uh, Philadelphia is a football town, not a baseball town. Sorry to say, sorry to keep it a hundred, but uh, I will not apologize. I stand by that, and I stand by uh, by Rip and Gelb. Mm. Well, where were these Phillies fans the last couple of years? The team wasn't very good, but that's okay. Listen, save this for the everybody hits pod. I'm just calling you out for the the. I'm calling, calling you out for, for pandering. You were pandering. I wasn't so pandering. Was I would never pander. It's a fraudulent comment. Listen, you wanted to get some minions they're, on your side. They're That's unrelated. Fine. Just because they're both fan related doesn't mean that they are the same point. Yeah. Hashtag bow fraud. You're tr- you agree with you're, me. you're trying to come. You're trying to come at me, <laughs> but I'm not going to let it happen. I was in shock listening to this. I was right both times. I wanted to jump and through I will my continue phone and to call be you right out. every time I speak. Okay. All right. I think that's all I've got. Okay. The big toilet reveal. The big toilet reveal of 2020, 2019. Again, there's going to be a disappointment. Can so I, I would like to play, can I play like a, like a 10 questions here? I don't think anybody wants that. <laughs> I think they do. Is it, is it, a, is it a hotel toilet? Yes. Mm, now that's a, that is a veteran move. You 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 knew what you were doing when you went into a hotel to begin with. Oh, good. I thought you were going to rip me. Okay. No, that's the best move there is. What do you, what do you mean? If if you're in search of a toilet in a place with with nice hotels, that's the right. Well, I that's said the, it's Center City. Do you want do you want to guess? I'm going to continue. Yeah, okay, down. let's see. Is it the? Hmm. I feel like you're going to get this on the first guess for some reason. Uh, let's see. Center City. Uh, I mean, is it the Ritz? No, they, they don't let me in that place. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> is it, um, what is the one, what is the one where we had our meeting? The first, uh, our first athletic team meeting. You know what I think? Is it that one? Let me see. It's, uh, it's like a, it's, a, it's an SBG Marriott property, but it's not, it's not a Sheraton proper. Or a Marriott proper. It's a different name. I, I don't know if this was that place or not. I, I, I can't remember where we had that. I think it might be that place. North of uh, Rittenhouse on like 17th or 18th. Oh, yeah. On If you're looking north, it's on the right side of the street. Well, wait. On 17th, I'll tell you. I think it might be the place. I forget the name. All right. You want me to tell you? Yeah, let's hear it. The Sofitel. Oh, that's not the same one. It's not. 17th and Sansom. Here's what's beautiful about this. There is a bar located on the first floor there. And so you can walk towards the bar. However, the bathrooms are on the second floor. So for any bar patron to get to the bathroom, 
they need to take the elevator to the second floor. So you have access to that. You go in. Uh, I didn't want to leave that place. Very, so you, oh, very so you nice. Don't, so you don't feel like you're cheating? Like, you, like you're... I mean, I always feel like I'm cheating in that situation. I would say 99% of the time I will buy something. Like, I kind of want to take a drink there oh, just yeah. because I felt guilty. But, you know, it's not the worst thing. It's not like bringing a, a La Croix to a uh, coffee place or anything. <laughs> uh, and so, um, yeah, that, that place was outstanding. I believe the, you know, if you, if you got to go to use a stall, I believe the doors go all the way to the floor, which I enjoy. Hmm. Um, I can't remember if there's a moisturizer Florida. product there when you wash your hands. You don't want them to get dry in the winter. You know, post-washing your hands, there may be something like that. Uh, I believe they had towels, not just the dryer, very clean. Uh, yeah, that was outstanding. If you so uh, if you work at the Center City Sofitel, uh, let us know if uh, business at that bathroom picks up <laughs> with hashtag uh, Shields Toilet Bump. Or if you want to just sponsor the podcast. That, that's an option as well. There you go. Okay. I'm glad it wasn't a huge disappointment. Well, I still wouldn't say that it wasn't a huge disappointment, but I look eh. forward to uh And also, uh, let's let's add this. If you're a Birds with Friends listener and you use Shields advice, give us a hashtag uh Shields toilet worked for me. Can we stop with Shields toilet hashtags, please? I thought this was going to finally end it. I think you knew better than that. Okay. Uh, all right. All right. Boy, we had a lot to get off our chest. I hope those of you who didn't want the non-Eagles talk signed off a long time ago. <laughs> I hope you stuck around hoping for this uh, one piece of insight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is that, let's see. Um, Casey Tucker, the backup offensive lineman, uh, better than I thought in the spring. I don't even know if that's a real person or not. Sure is. Okay. Uh, All right. We'll be back at some point. Maybe. Who knows when? Who knows where? Uh, But at some point, we'll be doing this serial draft. And then, you know, we're not not too far away from from Eagles training camp. But we're still still on vacation mode, right? Correct. What are you typing about? Uh, My wife is going to get me a salad for dinner, and so I'm typing her the ingredients to put in it. MBN. Mm-hmm. Salad for dinner. Really living large. Love a salad for dinner. Nice big salad. I hate it. That's, that sounds like my nightmare. I love a grocery store salad bar. Ugh. Outstanding. That sounds awful. Agree to disagree. I hate salad. I mean, I know. I've seen you eat salad. You don't even hate salad. Well, yeah, but I. Nice try I, trying I mean, to be I a big football guy. I try to eat salad. But I've seen you enjoy I would, a salad. Like in a vacuum, giving me give me an option of a salad or anything else, I'm not going to take the salad. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess I don't hate all salad. Let's try. Some salads matter. Okay. Um, yeah, I got nothing else. Thank God. Are you starting a Flyers podcast with uh, Charlie? Maybe I like Charlie. <laughs> yeah. That, that, Can we I talk would... about <laughs> everything except for hockey? I'm I'd listen sure. to that. Uh, he's got a podcast of his own, and his voice is very recognizable, as we learned at Nomad. Yep. Okay, uh, that'll do it for this episode of Birds with Friends. We'll be back at some point. For Sheil, I'm Bo, and as always, we love you.